are listening to the weekly Great Governance Podcast hosted by Dr. Harlan. So why do we do what we do? We are on a mission to find and voice the hidden stories of excellence in local government so that others are motivated to lead and transform communities. We share information and profile local government practitioners and active citizens who are ethically leading change and innovation in communities and showcase this on our various digital media platforms. Okay, so today we are in discussion with uh, Professor Philip Spies. Professor Philip Spies is a former director of the Institute for Future Studies uh, at the University of Stellenbosch. And there he was for the last 17 years. You retired also from that uh, position. Welcome to our platform, uh, Philip. Thank you, Alan. Prof, let's, let's start then from the beginning. Tell us uh, briefly about yourself and this fascination with looking at future studies. Yes, my, my fascination with future studies started with, uh, well, I, uh, at first I studied as an agricultural economist. Then I went to America and I, and I took a PhD in economics. But my speciality was welfare economics and within uh, this work I came across uh, system studies and I became fascinated by system studies. And when the opportunity arrived, and then I was uh, offered the position to head the, inst- the future studies program at, at Stellenbosch, I took that up mm. in uh, 1979. And uh, th- that was, uh, I was also interested in the, uh, the South African situation. As a matter of fact, if you lived, lived in South Africa and you weren't interested, you weren't alive. Uh, so that took me into uh, a very fascinating period where I studied change in the world and in South Africa, and from that uh, developing prognosis of what could happen in South Africa. So that was the 80s, so where you, through the crystal ball, looked at the future. Now, if we look at where we are today, 2023, did you, as a futurist, then foresee what we are living through now? Yes, uh, but you must understand that uh, there's not one future when you look forward. There are a couple of futures. And uh, the future is not a given. The future is, uh, is produced. And how, how you end up in the long term is, in a great, uh, to a great extent, a function of your ability uh, to, to look at the reality within which you live and your ability to influence people to, d- to do d- different things than what they're doing if, they, if, if it's going in the wrong direction. So the possibility was always there that South Africa can go backward, but the possibility was also there that South Africa can go forward. And as a matter of fact, in 83, I produced a series of articles uh, in which I prognosed the situation that the political situation in South Africa uh, will break in 1990. And that information I gathered from reports of the CIA on the future of the USSR, where you could observe the, a lot of similarities between the situation in the USSR and South Africa. And uh, so this so happened that the, uh, that the USSR, the breakdown of the USSR started more or less in, in um, 1989. Uh, with the fall of the Berlin Wall and that stage I was also in Germany in a conference where we talked about these things. And, uh, and that also was a precursor for South African change because if that didn't happen, 
probably the, uh, the South African situation couldn't have happened in 1990. But also the country was in dire straits economically, socially, politically. And, uh, and it was very clear very clear that that uh, something must be done, and, so, and 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 urgently so done. Okay, so so if we, you almost foresee, uh, you say that you that you could see that this scenarios that that it could go in different ways. Yeah. Now, if you look at South Africa now, you know we've got the National Development Plan. We've had so many plans in this country. Why is it, you know, as a futurist? What went wrong uh, that that we seem to not be able to implement our plans? Well, the uh, the fact is that uh, the um, 1994 uh, was a transfer of power, not a not a new movement into uh, uh, into uh, uh, in a into a development state at that stage. Uh, the uh, uh, I think that the assumption was that South Africa is a very wealthy country, and if you transfer power, you can also transfer wealth as easily as a transfer of power. But wealth in the modern world is not a function of mines, of uh, property, of uh, capital in, in, in uh, factories and that kind of thing. Uh, wealth is, in the first instance, the situation with the people in the country. Uh, are they uh, well educated? Uh, do they have the skills? And then secondly, it also, to a great extent, a function of what I will call social capital. And social capital is that thing where people can work together through networks and uh, coming together and working together. Now, this problem in South Africa, we, we changed politically, but we didn't change mentally in terms of how we looked at, at the people in South Africa. We thought by transferring power, we're now becoming a nation. But uh, of course, South Africa, in my opinion, will never be a, become a nation. Why do you say that? Because there are too much uh, there differences between people, uh, re, re, uh, rent, uh, entrenched differences. South Africa can become a community, and, I, and if it, it can become a community, it can become a nation. But uh, at the moment, we b spend a lot of time fighting each other, uh, blaming each other, and, and so on. And uh, and you have and and fr since the 1990s, there was a huge emigration uh, of skilled people, educated people, and we're losing. Through that, we're losing more than anything in terms of investment and so. But, Prof, is the problem then not, you know, equal access to education and healthcare, which are the foundations of our society? If you look at the patterns before 1994, mm -hmm. those political economic patterns continue to this day, which, which results in that, you know, the World Bank last year said South Africa remains the most unequal country in the world. Yeah. Isn't the problem that we did not economically reconcile? Well, of course, that is, uh, that is true. Um, uh, but uh, it's not as easy as uh, saying that, you know. I started a program, what I call the Education Futures uh, Program, and we, we worked with Olga Lutu of the Orange Farm. She came and visited. And we, we started publishing uh, the inequality in the educational system already in 1985, pointing out uh, that, that this is a serious problem. We also had a program uh, the, um, uh, where we looked at uh, the uh, um, uh, 
the feeding, the, the, the lack of what they call malnutrition in South Africa, pointing out that if uh, we're producing malnourished children that will in the 1990s and later will not be able to come up to, to things. And, and happily, in that particular program, we ended up with the Hunger project, project where a lot of companies came together and started feeding, uh, feeding programs and so on. But uh, the uh, it, you must understand that uh, that uh, you can't really transfer wealth. You know, my old friend Saint Peter Blanche said that you should transfer wealth. Uh, but if you want to transfer wealth, you have to transfer the the attitudes and the skills and so on uh, of people in the country, uh, of the people in the country. You have to to look at that situation. Now, we have at the moment a very dysfunctional educational system uh, where a lot of money is spent, I think, per, ca per capita or per percentage of the GDP of the highest in the world. But it's not producing the kind of people that can, can look after themselves. For example, the emphasis on, on uh, um, um, academic uh, programs per se, uh, I think is a wrong emphasis. We have a skill shortage in South Africa. We, sh we should have technical schools uh, producing high quality, high quality uh, pro uh, professional technical people and so on. And so it's, it's skewed and, and, uh, and, and what we have is, is dysfunctional and that is uh, only one of the reasons. You cannot uh, point out a lot of uh, reasons, but that is only one of the reasons. Talk to me, I'm going to take one step back. Talk to me about what you said, that you, you, you cannot build a nation, but you can build a community. Talk to me about I'll, I'll, uh, Look at the rugby team, for example, how well they play together and the cricket team. Uh, that is a community. They became a community. Uh, but a nation is, is, a, is a cultural, a cultural uh, um, political type of concept. A community is, is something else. It, is, it means that people work together. They care for each other. They work to, and you know, that kind of thing. As in the rugby and the sports team, they play, if you're selfish and you play only for yourself, uh, that team will lose, although you have the best people in it. So uh, uh, well, our target should be to, to, to build a community. And a community is built from the bottom up, not from top down. It is not a centralist concept. It is a it is a local concept uh, where local people can come together and if they have problems with with sewage and they have problems, come together and work together and and uh, produce results that is worthwhile. And if you do it in every local community, it adds up to the whole of the country. But isn't that what we've now started to see? You know, in where where local government is failing, where communities, you know, like in Senegal. The free state where yeah. communities are saying, let's fix the portals, let's get it on, uh, whether black or white, let's fix well, and, yes, and, and uh, get the roads going. Yes, as a matter of fact, the local government should be a community, but it's not a community. It is, It, it tends to be a, a, polit a political entity where people enter that particular position for their own self. And that that is a, what I will call a lack of conscience when they enter that. Talk to me about that because uh, in our previous discussion you talked to the, you, you 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 pinned it down to the problem in South Africa being that we do not have a social conscious yes and and, and that's across the board unpack yeah, that for us. yes well you you have 
that you have it within the political system, not the social conscience, for, for example, uh, where politi politicians are for politicians. Uh, but, but in the general context, you have different uh, groups white, within the white community. You have English-speaking, Afrikaans-speaking, and within the black community, different people, different attitudes, and so on. And uh, then uh, uh, the, the politics is superimposed on this situation, and everything becomes a fight for, 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 the, for the wealth of the country, which is actually a false fight. So uh, what, what can one say uh, about that? Is that um, once you start solving problems together, uh, you look at the individuals in a different way. Uh, you, you start to value people in a different way. Uh, you see them not as antagonists, but as partners in solutions. And, and uh, what we have in South Africa is this breakdown, and I can sp uh, give you a couple of reasons why we have that background, but uh, of, of this, and if you look at a wealthy community, they, they, they will drive past a squatter community. They will um, see that, but they, it will not touch them as they, it should touch them. They, they cannot understand that they don't have a conscience, consciousness, a bevistate, a consciousness of what's happening there and so on. And if they don't have a consciousness, they can't have a conscience. Because a conscience is your moral guide. It is the moral guide that tells you how you should behave, how you should handle other people and so on. And the utmost of that conscience, the highest level of that conscience, is where you, 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 uh, you, you can place communal interest above uh, own interest. And that is what is that is what is uh, absent in the South African society. This is why I also say that the National Development Plan is not really a plan. It is an environmental scan. It is a identification of the kind of problems in the country. But it cannot be a plan. So, so what must then be done? You know, uh, we are sitting in in 2023. Uh, let's let's look at 10 years. What should we as South Africans be doing right now? What should the government be doing? Because clearly, you know, everything points that we are not implementing our plans. We cannot. What is the problem? Well, the problem, first of all, is we have a dysfunctional government uh, replicated in, for example, ESCOM. ESCOM was the best uh, uh, electricity uh, uh, institution, institution uh, some 20 years ago. 22 years ago, it's it's been uh, taken apart by by corruption and self-interesting, self-interested people, and uh, with no conscience about what they're doing. They only look after themselves, and this this is the problem of South Africa. There is not a communal interest. There's only a self-interest, and that self-interest is personal on the individual level, and it's also at the political level, and it's also perhaps in other fields also in the corporate level and so on. But, but isn't that culture entrenched? If you look at South Africa the last hundred years, it was about looking after my own interests and what I can take out of the system. If you look at the pre-94 logic, it was exactly what you say, uh, looking after my own interests and my group and what Professor Sampi talks about, we haven't managed to get social solidarity working in this country. Yes, well, it, it is true. 
but that is that can also be true for a number of other countries. It's in the human nature to to uh, to have self-interest, and uh, but. If you don't have a social conscience, if you don't have a feeling for the collective, you don't understand your dependency on the collective. If if you have a bad collective, a social condition in the country, you cannot you cannot uh, progress. You can you cannot develop. There's an obstruction to a serious obstruction to development, and this is what the situation in South Africa. And then there's also a belief that the solutions must come from a central point in Pretoria. And that you have to transfer certain things like positions and uh, and that kind of thing, uh, even wealth. Now, now water is becoming a, a, another one in 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 this lineup, and that is a fallacy, a total fallacy, because this is not where the wealth of this country lies. It it is in the people and it's in the social capital in the way they work together and they network together. If you have success, you can replicate a couple of success, successful companies, uh, countries uh, in the world. So, so like Singapore, for example, yeah. it, Singapore is also uh, a, a, or a state, a country state with a very diverse population, Indians and uh, Malayans and Chinese and everybody. But it's not a democracy. It's a well, yes. dictatorship. So uh, well, it's a, you, you, you can say it's a dictatorship, but if it's a true dictatorship, it, will not, it cannot develop over the long term. Yeah. Yeah, what you need, what you're talking about is clear direction, clear leadership. There's a lack of clear leadership that can give direction. If you have a clear leadership in the country, you will immediately also have what you may call a dictatorship. But if you good, a good leader make make leaders of other people, and and uh, um, they uh, they not they not for. Uh, the, um, Omnipotence. They they focus on on omnicompetence, mm. all over competence, not omnipotence, which is an effort at uh, focus that to make you more powerful so that you can rule over people. But you have an alignment. If you have an alignment around leadership, good leadership, strong leadership. Mm. Uh, and and a clear focus, and people start to believe that you can solve the problems that you face. You will have people working together, like in the rugby team, like in the cricket team, like in, in sport. We can do the same uh, in South Africa if we if we stop this nonsense of political game playing. So, looking at the eyes of tomorrow, uh, what must we do today, locally, to be able to become this winning nation that you're talking about? Well, the first, the first thing is that people in, in local areas, it's, it's, it won't be possible on the national level. I don't think so. But people in the local areas, like in Nepal here, and in Stellenbosch and so on, uh, must come together and say, okay, what, what, what kind of problems are we facing? Where are we going? What are the trends? What are the challenges that we're facing? And then after you've done that, you can say, okay, if we want to tackle that, what should be done? Let's work together on that. And, and uh, individuals, companies, and so on, working together with local communities uh, can make a difference. As a matter of fact, uh, to have to involve local communities in their own and uh, creating solutions for themselves is a way forward. Is the true way forward. But but that is happening with the IDP. You know, local government does that all the time, and yet there still seems to be this gap between the community and politicians. Yeah, well, the, 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 it's government controlled. 
It's not community control. That should be other yeah, way. Yeah, it should, it should start with the community and end with the community. People should uh, solve their own problems. You know, this Sasa uh, thing, that it's necessary to, to prevent uh, famine in this country and, uh, and growth and poverty. It's a good thing. But if that is seen as a solution, you end up with people uh, that is what I will call in Afrikaans, Bakatstan means, mm. the people only dependent on something else. And what is, what is your feeling of self-worth if you cannot look after yourself and your family? And once you you have this kind of attitude, you lose out. You, the, 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 there is no possibility of building a strong community. I want to conclude our, our discussion here. You mentioned earlier uh, one of my heroes, Professor Sam Peter Blanche. He said, you know, if you look at the last hundred years, the political economic system uh, deliberately exploited black people. And he suggested, and it was shot down, a wealth tax. Do you do you not think that given the given looking back that the wealth tax could have uh, and can still solve the complex socio-economic problems? That well, we have? Uh, 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 I'm sorry to say that we already have a wealth tax in South Africa, uh, and if you, if you tax. The income earners, the true, and because this is not the rich people, it's people working for themselves. They will leave the country, and when they start leaving the country, what is left over to to, to save this country? You, that is not a solution. There is no such thing as a wealth ta- a ta- a tax b- b- beyond what we already have in this country. Mm. Uh, look at how how many taxpayers are there, and how many how many dependents are there in South Africa? You know. Uh, a few t- uh, million taxpayers looking off a country at, at a country of over 60, uh, 65 million people. Mm. And uh, now, where's the money come from? Where's the Sasa coming from? Uh, all that money, where is it coming from? It's transferred from taxpayers' money into the hands of, of people. It is not. It doesn't fall from the heaven. Okay. Uh, so, so final words. The new government that is going to be elected in twenty twenty four. Whether it's the ANC or whoever is in, is in uh, uh, power, what is your advice to the new incoming government in 2024? Okay. Uh, allow the power to shift down to the people. Don't try and monopolize the power. Whether you ANC, DA or whatever, work with the local people. Uh, look at their concerns. Let them come into the game. To play, don't try to be a superior person. Mm. This is what I would say. Okay, final final question: Is there a willingness amongst white South Africans to work with black South Africans to make this country work? Yeah, well, I would say so. Uh, you you attended that one uh, exercise that we had with the uh, uh, the Paul uh, Paul Youth Initiative, the Good Company Program. Well, where, where the initiative came from from local farmers, so the, the, it's 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 true that uh, you know I tried to, to, in 1993 I was given uh, money a, a huge amount of money to 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 continue with my research on educational futures. Uh, the ANC stepped in and stopped that program. Uh, the uh, in the case of the U, uh, the uh, the rural foundation, it was destroyed. And the Rural Foundation was an initiative from the 
top to uh, to improve the living conditions of workers and local local people in the uh, urban areas. So of course I think if 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 they are allowed to make a contribution, they will make a contribution. But if they become second class citizens, they will not. Thank you. Okay. To the amazing and talented Great Governance Team, The Voice, Mpumilali, and producer Al Ontong, respect and love. Keep the faith and let's work to make South Africa great right where we are. If you loved what you heard, subscribe to our Great Governance podcast that is available free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on our HRD Governance Facebook page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Listen to learn.